Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters podcast. This is episode 41. Woo! You got Chris and Brian. Um, this time around, we are going to talk about medical gear logistics. So how much stuff do you need? How do you pay for it? Um, where do you store it? You know, what does all of that kind of look like? Um, the first thing I want to start off with is you need a hell of a lot more medical gear than you think you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And, and, uh, and the first thing I want to start off with if you carry a handgun and two spare mags and not a tourniquet or an individual med kit of some sort on your person, um, reconsider what you're doing and fix yourself. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll kind of, kind of break this down from a few different perspectives on how much gear you actually need or some things to consider as you're trying to figure out how much gear you actually need. And, and maybe, you know, the, the, the single best way to figure out what it is you actually need is to go take a flipping class or three or four, um, you know, from somebody who knows what's going on, um, you know, get out there and get in a good medical class. And when you start packing wounds and you see how much gauze will go into a wound, um, you see how much quick clot you can line a wound with, but then how much more you want to put in to back it up. And then you find out that, you know, wow, that little four inch Izzy bandage that you have is, is kind of cool. But boy, would it be nice to have a six or an eight if you're dealing with a much larger wound or something along those lines. Um, you know, it, it, it's stunning how much this stuff you can use. Uh, also, there are some protocols out there right now saying that if you put a tourniquet on a limb, you should put two on it. Um, you know, so yeah. you start doubling the number of tourniquets, you start looking at all this different stuff. Um, med gear in general is cheap. It's cheap compared to gun stuff. Uh, and it goes hand in hand with gun stuff. So um, I, I don't. I, I, the metrics for this are are kind of they're kind of subjective to some extent. Um, you know, having an, an IFAC, the equivalent of it, the equivalent of a legit IFAC. So chest seal, decomp needle, NPA, tourniquet, six inch dressing, quick clot, um, gloves, um, and then maybe a couple crinkle gauze or, or packing gauze, you know, per, um, is per person in your household, um, probably seems like overkill. Cause it's like, well, everybody's not going to need a tourniquet at once. Well, it, if it may not be for your family, it might be for your neighborhood. Um, you know, it may not be for a single car accident. It may be for a multi-car accident, those kinds of things. So starting off with those kinds of numbers is not going to leave you wanting or it could be, you know, if you're in a really bad car accident that's full of people in your car, yeah, everyone may need something. Something, absolutely. And, and maybe everyone doesn't need a tourniquet, you know, but it sure would be nice to have spares. And again, usually those types of accidents involve more than one vehicle. Um, you know, so I, having this kind of stuff and trying to figure out those metrics, that's, it, it, you know, the, the, the couple classes that I've done start off with that baseline of making sure you've got everything you need for you and a spare kind of conversation. So, you know, if you're looking at that from a family perspective, having that big med kit at home, um, you know, when the, when, and I get, you know, looking at this versus like what EMS and fire guys do, what the paramedics do. But if you look at the bag they grab when they get out of the truck, they grab the bag that has all that stuff in it so they don't have to go back and grab more. And there's a certain reality check and planning to that, that they're planning on only dealing with maybe one or two injured people, but they bring enough stuff that it just doesn't matter that mentality at home where there's no reason to not have it or in a vehicle where there's no reason to not have extra really makes sense yeah i mean when we start thinking you know mass casualty situation 
is really any time the number of injuries that need treated exceed the ability to treat them. Exactly. And that happens very quickly when it's just you. Um, it'll still happen really quickly if it's you and a buddy who has some training. Um, and, and, it, and it can far exceed what you and your family members likely know unless your family's really well trained up. Um, it, 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 it's real easy to exceed that number. You know, and when you start thinking about you know, tourniquets and quick clot and stuff, you know, an IFAC can basically treat one extremity wound. Yep. Um, the in, for take, just take for an example, you know, somebody goes through a, a glass window and lacerates two arms very severely. Yeah. We now need two IFACs. Yeah. Yeah. And and those types of things are that's not a unicorn event. That's fairly common. So when it's real. Yeah. Um, same thing, you know, industrial accidents. Um, power tools, chainsaws, lawn mowers, heavy equipment. Um, you know, just working. You know, outside around the around the yard, around the farm, around the house. Yeah. Um, that kind of stuff happens on a, a far more regular basis than we think. Yeah. Uh, it happens a lot more frequently with people that use that stuff. You know, once a year, or once every other year, than with guys that use it every single day. Absolutely. So, so if you're trying to plan this stuff out, you know. Um, we'll, we'll start with the easy stuff, what you're walking around the world with. Um, again, um, if, if you can find a way within your dress limitations, within your personal life, within your work limitations for what you can carry um, to have a tourniquet, preferably a cat or a soft tee wide, um, but uh, you know, a SWAT tee if that's all you can carry, or even a rats if that's all you can carry. Oh no, here it comes. Here comes the influx of rats don't stop Doppler pulse. Um, you know, having something that, that does something is better than does nothing if you can't carry the ultimate object. Um, you know, maybe you can't occlude Doppler pulse on somebody who's morbidly obese with a rat's tourniquet, but if I can buy that person five minutes instead of two minutes and the medics show up in four, then I'm good to go. Have something with you, whatever it is you can have with you, but make sure it's the best thing you can actually carry. Yeah, the HSGI um, ankle wrap for medical gear stuff works really well. It's actually comfortable. Um, it hides stuff down on your ankle. So if you're wearing jeans or khakis, um, it sort of just disappears and it's right there and you don't even notice it's on you. Yeah, and if you wear skinny jeans, you might not be able to do that. Um, you know, and, and shouldn't be wearing skinny jeans anyways. Yeah, but let's talk about you know dress codes. Let's talk about you know fashion, whatever. Um, not everybody wants to wear, you know, Carhartts. Not everybody wants to wear big boxy clothes. And, and so there's a certain reality check to that. We, we get it. But try and work within, you know, what, how you live your life to squeeze something like that onto your person, if at all possible. Um, I carry a SWAT tee in my pocket, and it, it, it is literally, it's an EDC item for me. I, I, I literally don't leave the house without pocket knife, flashlight, um, you know, wallet, SWAT T, and like, uh, I mean, it's just the way it is. I have them with me in a, in a spare mag. So I have them with me all the time. Um, it's, it's not that hard to at least have that. And then if you've done some training, you can use what's available to you to use the SWAT T also as a pressure dressing, um, as well as a tourniquet and some different things like that. And, and are there better apps, options? Yes, absolutely. Um, the SWAT T might let me slow down bleeding enough to go to my vehicle or if I'm at work to get to the med kit or some of the med gear we have on the wall to actually put a cat on somebody. Um, if it, you know, if it buys me that little bit of time, then I win and it's better than nothing. So, you know, starting at the personal level, what can you carry on you? 
um, and, and try and figure out how to make that sacrifice. Again, if you're a concealed carry guy and you have your gun and two spare mags and not a tourniquet, um, uh, f fix yourself. Fix yourself. You know, address your priorities. Um, the person who gets injured may not be you. It may be your spouse or your kid. Um, and extra bullets don't, don't really plug wounds very well. So, uh, you know, address those things. Um, going to a vehicle kit. Um, if you have a vehicle kit, it needs to service the, the, the regular number of occupants in that vehicle at a bare minimum, um, back under the IFAC kind of mentality. So, you know, me, uh, the wife and the kids, I, I, I have a fairly, I actually have, I actually have three med kits in the car, um, that break down and, and one of them will cover almost all of us. And then the other two are smaller ones that are a little easier to get to and a little more modular located you know, more toward the front of the vehicle versus the big ones toward the back. So, you know, is that overkill? I don't know. Um, I've been carrying a gun for years and years and years and years, and I've, I've, I've really not ever had to use it in a serious situation. Um, I've been carrying a med kit for probably about five or six years in my vehicle, um, and I've had it out twice already. Uh, have I used everything in it? Nope. Thank God. Um, but, you know, one of those things to have that mentality. So, um, if you work in an environment where your vehicle med kit involves transporting students like a school bus, are you going to be able to have a med kit, you know, enough to cover everybody in it? Probably not. Um, but gosh, if you could figure out how to get some extras of a bunch of those different things in something in a bag that you can take on and off the bus, um, and you know how to use it, that, that would be a wonderful, wonderful thing too. Um, you know, so, you know, consider that as a metric, basically that that single IFAC per each user and then maybe some spare stuff beyond that. Um, and then going to the home, again, we're back to at least what's in the vehicle times two. Yeah. That's just, that's kind of a baseline for me. Um, whatever's in the vehicle times two. Um, you know, hope to God you never need all of that at one time. Um, but if something ugly does happen, um, you know, it, it's, it's a good backup system. Maybe it's the neighbors, maybe it's you, maybe it's something that's an extended situation. Um, you know, I think you probably find people in tornado areas and stuff like that that have been hit or people that have been through some type of natural calamity that probably wish they had more med gear than they had stowed at their home. The other thing is, if it is a natural disaster kind of situation, you're not going to run to the store or hop on Amazon and have something delivered to you in any kind of timely fashion. So it, it is truly a what you have on you is what's going to get it done. So having more than you need um, at home is a wonderful thing. Um, the other nice thing about having more than you need is if you cycle through this stuff, um, having a tourniquet, you know, I'm sure they have expiration dates on them. Um, you know, check that kind of stuff on a regular basis. But if I've got a tourniquet that's gotten old or it's been in a vehicle for a couple years, I'm concerned about heat. Um, if it's been on the outside of a bag, I'm concerned about UV light breaking down the plastics and the nylon and those things. Cycling through and get a big bag that you throw training stuff in as well. Having extra gear doesn't make you go, oh crap, I don't want to throw this old tourniquet in the training bag yet until I get a new one. Um, well, you know, go get a couple new ones and then throw the old one in the training bag and don't worry about it. But, you know, use that old gear to cycle through and use it to train with. Um, a lot of people are concerned, you could take a firearms class, oh my gosh, how much is this ammo going to cost me? You got to take a med class. Um, a lot of times the trainers will provide it for you, but if you have extra stuff that you can train with, maybe you can get more reps in. Maybe you can feel, you know, more what it feels like to pack wounds and stuff like that if you bring your own gauze to do it multiple times and get extra reps in. Or you may have instructors that teach to, you know, when you do a, a TCCC type medical class, typically the instructors are teaching that class around a particular, like, loadout of medical gear. Yeah. 
So if you're running a different tourniquet than what they do, or you know a different type of like trauma elastic dressing bandage yep. type thing, yeah. Uh, you know, if you're bringing your own, then you can use the stuff that you've acquired and that you plan on using in the real world, in in the event of an emergency in the real world. Yeah, it's, it, to to me, having that 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 gear to take to a med class is no different than having ammo and a spare gun to take to a gun class. Um, I, I want to have all that stuff and be able to train with it and and make sure that I can do what needs to be done um, with what I'm actually going to have on me. So, um, you know, from a logistic standpoint too. Um, packaging, clearly marked bags, um, bags that, you know, maybe if it's going in a vehicle and you need to make sure stuff gets kept cool and dry, um, you know, a bag that seals it up good, keeps it from getting wet, keeps from getting moisture in. Um, you know, I, I, I've seen guys pull out med gear out of bags they keep in their vehicle and it's, it's moldy or kind of dank and kind of nasty. Um, it's better than nothing and, and, you know, but, you know, if you can get a good device to keep that stuff in whether it's you know a pelican style case or a hard case or whether it's just a really well-made backpack or a really well-made bag a duffel bag or something like that and then also um, probably as critically important that it is marked extremely well because you may be triaging people that are in seriously bad shape and telling someone hey go get my med kit out of my car and if they walk to your car and, and you're one of us typical gun nerds there may be 13 bags piled in your car if you're on your way to or from the range. Which is, one has the big cross on it? Which one says med gear? Which one's bright orange or bright red? That kind yeah, of thing. And this is definitely a bag that having bright orange or bright pink yep. or bright red um, and being less tactical and more visible is definitely the way to go. Absolutely. Because if you tell somebody to run your car and get your med kit and they don't understand that that, that, that grayed out cross or that uh, tan bag with the tan and OD green med logoing on it. it, you know, that cross, they may not get that or see that in a rush. Or maybe it's laying face down um, on its labeling instead of being visible. So if you say, you know, it's the same thing with tourniquets. We're running this all the time with black versus bright orange tourniquets. Guys will come in the shop, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll accept law enforcement guys from this because they have uniform standards, and a lot of them have to have black tourniquets. But I'll have somebody come in and I'll, you know, and they'll pick up a black tourniquet and I'll be like, hey, why not the bright orange one? Uh-oh, I, I gotta be low vis. Really? Really? Your tourniquet's gotta be low vis? If it's the one tourniquet going on your belt at the range, um, I, I want that one to be as bright as anything else. If it's the one tourniquet going in my black range bag with a bunch of other black stuff jammed in it, I want to be able to tell somebody, go grab the tourniquet out of my bag. It's the orange thing. Um, you really can't miss the orange thing. So from, you know, visibility matters in these situations uh, for sure. So it's not, you know, the, the volume matters, but how you pack it, how you have it available. Um, the other thing is looking at, at dedicated bags for med gear to keep things organized. Um, it, it's going to be a bad enough day if you need this stuff that going into a duffel bag with a bunch of crap just thrown in it is going to slow you down. And that slowing you down may potentially mean somebody's life. I know that sounds dramatic, but it could actually be true in this case. Um, you know, having a bag that's made for med gear or having a bag that's organized appropriately, um, you know, putting stuff in, you know, clear gallon Ziploc bags and putting big labels on those Ziploc bags that are highly visible, um, you know, and marking things as bleeding control, airway, uh, different things of that nature so that you can grab something quickly and see what it is, is a big deal. Um, for the home kit and for the vehicle kit, um, sharpies so you can mark people triage people etc flashlights 
a couple spare flashlights, headlamps, headlamps, things of this nature, so you can have your hands free. Um, you know, you can go, you know, you can go to capsitytheoutfitters.com, forty-four sixty-five Cemetery Road, and pick up flashlights and stuff like that. And if you don't want to throw a super expensive flashlight in your vehicle because you're worried about it getting stolen or whatever, go to Home Depot and pick up a freaking ten-dollar headlamp, LED headlamp, and and check the batteries once a year and make sure the thing works. Um, you know, if if it's a dollar's concern or something like that. Um, but you know, how, if it's the bigger kit, make sure the bigger kit's set up to go. Definitely. Uh, one of those things, you know, put, put headlamps either on the lid or on top so you can yep. find them Yeah. and get to everything else. Um, yeah, the headlamps, the gloves, or the flashlight, whatever, um, should be the things that are right on top. Should be grabbing gloves and grabbing, you know, whatever you need to visually do an assessment on somebody. Um, visually and tactilely do an assessment on somebody. So, you know, the gloves and the light is the critical stuff right off the bat, probably along with the shears. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about how to pay for all this stuff? Absolutely. Um, Medgear, guys, we just talked about, you know, the fact it's 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 cheaper than gun stuff, but it's still not cheap. And if you're buying enough of it to, to deal with, the, you know, your family um, or a, even a small group of people, it, it adds up quickly. Um, most of you, check with your HR folks, your boss, whoever administers your medical programs, um, you know, at your place of employment, um, if, if you have access to some of this stuff, because a lot of health saving accounts and flexible spending accounts now, um, trauma med gear can be, can those dollars can be used toward trauma med gear. So before you go buy, you know, a thousand dollar med kit to throw in your home, um, you know, or a thousand dollars worth of gear to throw in your home, check with your employer, with your people who provide you with your medical insurance and HSA, FSA kind of stuff and see, but a, a lot of the, these things are generally now covered under those. I don't know to what kind of dollar amounts. I don't know if there's limitations. I don't know if there's specific um, requirements per device and things like that. So, so check that end of it out. But um, a lot of this stuff is covered now. So, you know, utilize it. A lot of folks, you know, don't burn up their HSA and FSA money. And a lot of those accounts can be used or lose it money. If it rolls forward to the next year, take that bonus out of it. You know, look at it as a bonus and maybe at the beginning of the next year, take that money and go buy that extra med gear or more med gear and get yourself squared away. So, um, and if not, treat it like anything else with the gun, you know, put a little bit of money in the piggy bank each week. Um, and instead of going and buying, you know, your, your 13th Glock 19, um, you know, maybe, maybe go buy a, a big pile of really good med gear and a good bag to put it in and, and, and go pay for a class. Yeah, having med gear and not knowing how to use it um, is kind of... Having a gun and not knowing how to use it. Yeah. Same, same. Same, same. Um, yeah. We carry uh, at Cap City Outfitters um, medical gear, trauma, trauma level medical gear direct from North American Rescue. So you can be assured that you are getting the real deal when it comes to Medgear. Yes. Um, you're not getting, you know, Chineseium knockoffs off of Amazon. And they um, are everywhere on Amazon. Every single quality piece of Medgear you can think of brand name wise is being copycatted by some dirtbag in China. And then, you know, and then imported by some dirtbag here and sold to you. So be very, very cautious. Yeah, again, we carry the real deal stuff. We get it directly from North American Rescue. Um, they're the same guys that supply the United States military and a lot of law enforcement agencies with their med gear. Um, it is the real deal. Um, you can stop in and see us. We're in Hilliard, Ohio, 4465 Cemetery Road. 
Um, we're on online on Facebook and Instagram at Cap City Outfitters. And you can find us on the web, capcityoutfitters.com. Thanks so much, guys.